Thank you so much for joining us once again. It is the Nightly Pleasures podcast back from a long hiatus. As always, I am your host and author of the piece that you're about to hear today. My name is the Grey Knight. You can call me Jack if that's just a little bit too much for you. I don't blame you at all. First off, allow me to say it is very good to be back. Sometimes it can be hard to get back to something if you've taken a little bit of a break, but I have to say, this was not. I was very excited to do this. It feels very good, it feels very natural, and I wanted to talk to you just a little bit today about where I was in 2021, because it was nowhere exciting. And there is going to be a concerted effort on my part to not overwhelm you all with what I'm thinking or feeling frustrated about. I'm, I'm actually, I think, doing much, much better with that. Much, much better emotional regulation these days. Uh, largely stemming from, I think, just isolation, continuing to figure out what my body wants and needs, even though I'm, I'm, past, the, uh, I, I'm past the needing bed rest period by quite a bit. There's still stuff to figure out and tinker with there, and I am. Uh, learning how to cook over this last year was simply one of the best time things I've ever done in my life because things are crazy with supply chain issues as of this recording, uh, inflation with, uh, with food prices. And, of course, going out uh, is a little bit of a, a toss of the dice. So with everything happening in the world right now, I am just really appreciative that I like cooking, that my body enjoys my cooking, and uh, that it keeps me a-going. So as for good things that happened while I was gone, that's one of them. Uh, I really do feel like I have progressed quite a bit in my cooking. Right now I've got a bird dry brining in the fridge and I'm going to make a dish for the first time. I'm not even going to look up any of the um, any of the instructions or the recipe or ratio or anything. I'm just going to go and make it. I'm gonna, it's not a complex dish at all, but still that's very different for me. As recently as three, four years ago, if I wanted to order groceries, it would take me practically all day. It would, it would take me hours, literally, but I'd have to psych myself up for it, and I'd get worried, and I would check my pantry a couple of times. And this is when I had extra, you know, money that I didn't have to worry about, like if there was a substitution or something. It was just pure anxiety. Clicking that button at the end, I don't know what it was. It really, truly took it out of me. <laughs> and I have to say that that is just not who I am anymore. Not just about grocery delivery, but just about anything else. I feel very, very much less of a need to defend myself or explain myself anymore. I feel, after, after these last couple of years, I feel very little need to... I feel very little need to say that I am good enough or that I... Or, or to excuse anything, I feel just pretty much at, at any given moment much more accepting of what's going on right now. And it's through the all-consuming power of, ah, fuck it. Ah, fuck it. Whatever happens, happens. Ah, fuck it. Uh, now, is that the best place 
to possibly embark on a sense of of self-worthiness from and and come to a a better position i don't know but it's 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 where it's coming for me and for many months now i feel like i've gotten a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better and i actually read an article not too long ago that i can't cite it's a couple months back apologies uh but it did kind of clarify something that i had been thinking about myself and about other people that i know that are anxious little bunnies and that is to say that the premise is, because of COVID, sorry, we have to talk about it, it's where I was last year. Because of COVID, people with PTSD and anxiety disorders and all kinds of psychological problems, the argument goes, have been living the last two years in a kind of immersion therapy. What is immersion therapy? I've never thought it sounded all that great, to tell you the truth. If you're afraid of bees, then there's a therapist out there who's all like, here's what you're going to do. You're going to pay me a little money once, maybe twice a week. We'll see. And slowly but surely, I'm going to get you up to the point that I throw you in a room with bees. And you go, what's for, huh? Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're afraid of bees. So we're going to talk about bees. And then I'm just going to shoot them out of a blow dart at you randomly while you're talking about your sister and shit. Huh? That's immersion therapy, but not really. Uh, I mean, the basic concept of immersion therapy is you're afraid of something, you're avoiding something. It's time to confront it. And we're going we're gonna to do little, little doses of poison bit by bit until you can take a little bit more of it. Well, when things start falling apart, anxiety comes in for everybody. Anxiety is not bad. Fear is not bad. These things aren't inherently bad emotions. It's when they control you. It's when they have you do things that you don't want to do. That's when they're disorders. Uh, and in that sense, I just want to say, I didn't really spend 2021 depressed. I spent it accurate. Looking around at where we are right now and with everything happened, I gotta say, my predictions are fucking on point. Uh, my predictions are better than just about fucking anybody else's in the world. Uh, I'm going to get to that in a little bit here. My God, my God, I wish they weren't. I know a lot of you don't as well. But woo, doggy. Like, I got to say, the at least on the marquee notes, I'm doing pretty okay with that one. Uh, so it's hard for me to label it as a depressive episode, but it was. Because it's not depression. Everybody should have been like, fuck this shit and hold up for a while. And then the world would have been a better place. And we all know it's true. But alas, that's just not the way of things. That's not our system. That's not our organization. I felt very frustrated. I felt very angry. I felt very alone. And I didn't want to take that out on anybody. Just my liver. You know, I didn't want to hurt anybody else. I, I mean it when I say, when I yell at somebody, that's the least attractive I think I am. It happens in the moment sometimes. There used to be a PTSD aspect where I would almost kind of come back into my body after the effect. But that's that's long gone. And so now, if I'm yelling, it's me yelling. And it fucking sucks. Because I feel bad every time. And so, as somebody who's really been trying to not bite other people's heads off in this period where people need to be at least heard, seen, felt, or given something that they normally wouldn't. There's a deficit. There's a deficit in all of our souls. 
in all of our psyches. And I think the only thing that can really fulfill it is a kind of connection. A uh, kind of connection where you feel connected to somebody else in a good way, and you feel connected to yourself in the future sense, not the past sense, the future sense in a good way. That You're like, we're in this together. We're going forward. Again, we'll talk a little bit more about this uh, just in a second. I actually have notes today. It's amazing. I'm really trying, kids. So let's talk about COVID. That's your warning. <laughs> let's talk about COVID. And let's start off right away with when I said 25 million at the beginning of this, 25 million go globally dead, I don't blame anybody for rolling their eyes. It's an unfathomable number. Joseph Stalin was absolutely right. A death is a tragedy. A million is a statistic. It, the human mind can't comprehend. Can't. Numbers above six or seven are very hard for people to actually visualize in their head. You can try it right now, and if you can do so, you're ahead of the game. That's why dice have six pips, I've read. is because that's about as high as we can immediately go boom without counting. And then after that point, you have to really visualize and count. You just have to come up with like, okay, I'm going to put two and four columns, and then it's eight, you know, so on and so forth. It actually becomes very difficult to quantify and have an emotional, intellectual relationship with what's going on there. So I don't blame anybody. But I just want to say that the estimates before Omicron began its globe-trotting tour, began, began the, the age of Omicron, which... You know, sounds like a fucking Marvel movie. Um, the estimates were from from people like The Economist and Wall Street Journal who are really trying to get down to the nitty-gritty for monetary reasons. The, the global estimates are about 18 to 30 million. Uh, early, early, late, late 2021, early, early 20, uh, 2022. And... There's, there's no doubt that it's going to continue to increase. Um, one thing that I've been looking at with the American data especially is because it's very difficult in some places, in some counties, in some situations to get your death certificate listed uh, as COVID for, for whatever reasons. It's a, very, it's a very complex issue and there's no time to go into it right now. Um, be because of that, I've just been looking at excess mortality and I got to say, I, I, I noticed something kind of, kind of jaw dropping, uh, about Alabama's mortality rate. Um, which is to say, if you took the years between 2014 and 2019 and you made them just kind of a population, like a sample size, cause there was no COVID or very, very little, still kind of a mystery there. And then you start comparing how many people died in 2020 or 2021. You get, for every additional death past a certain point, you get excess mortality. That's, that's the basic formula. It's one number minus the other at the end of the day. It's hard to put the two numbers together. That's the hard part of the formula. But at the end of the day, it is you take one, you subtract the other, and if the number's bigger, you have excess mortality. If not, you had a banner year. You had less people die than you thought possible. And I actually don't know the term for that off the top of my head. It's called hooray. Woo! 
<laughs> well, Alabama's excess mortality at this point in 2020 and 2021 is so high that for the first time ever, ever since they started taking the census, uh, 1900, they have lost people. One more time. Between 1915 and 1920 in Alabama, when World War I had its conscripts taken, right, and tuberculosis was reigning, okay, tuberculosis is still whipping ass in 1910s, okay? It's still just destroying people. It's not as bad as it was a generation before, but tuberculosis is still killing tons of people in this decade in America. And, of course, you've got the Spanish flu on top. Even then, population in Alabama did not decline because, of course, you know, women were breeding factories. You know it's true. Uh, so <laughs> imagine my surprise when I see the excess mortality for 2020 already sent them backwards, a place they've never been before. But just kind of crunching the numbers because their excess mortality doesn't really begin in Alabama until about April or May of 2021. Or sorry, of 2020. Apologies for that. About April or May is when it begins. That's when there's this giant, giant upslope. And there's this careening upwards of lots of extra deaths that have not existed before uh, at any time in Alabama's history. And if you start counting from there, things get real wacky real quick about how many births Alabama has a year. And how many extra deaths compared to 2019 that they were suffering. And essentially, again, this is not super complicated formulae. Um, I, don't, I don't mean to be trying to, to be throwing a lot of numbers at you or trying to sound academic or impressive because I don't think I am. This is real basic creativity. This is real basic problem solving for me. And as far as I can tell... And this, this really sent me into quite a depressive episode because people just don't care. Sorry to say. Please don't be offended. That's how I feel. People just really don't want to talk about this. They don't want to care. Between every something like 20 to 42 months at the rate that they're going, the clip that they're, they're just killing excess people in just this one little population of 5 million will undo the entire birth rate of a year. One more time, about every two to four years, less than every two to four years, at the rate they're going, excess deaths in Alabama will wipe out an entire year of births. That's not including all the people that are just going to normally die. You hear me? That's how, that's how quickly the population's in reduction. But because of how and when people report these things and census and local and, and, and municipal governments fighting counties and all this shit, uh, the, just the, the rigmarole of America that's never really been updated. Um, <laughs> this, this kind of information, it's not like it's hidden. This isn't a conspiracy theory that I'm bringing you. This is all out in the open. It's published on the Alabama Department of Health website. Uh, there's newspapers talking about it. But because... It's a slow thing, and it's a day-by-day -day process. Uh, it's going to just continue on this way, I guess, until it stops. Well, that's a very Yogi Berra way of saying it. It's, 
This is now set in motion. And what effects it's going to have on society, I don't know, but they're not going to be pleasant. For sure. And this is the kind of information and reading that I did that really just made me very depressed because I, I just didn't want to participate. Societies that are doing this, I just don't want to participate. And that's on me. <laughs> and I have to grow up and deal with it and you have one life and yada, yada, yada. But it's hard. It's really hard. I don't particularly care about a goddamn single person in Alabama at all. I don't care. But when you examine what's happening and what will happen in all of these children and everything, it really put me in a horrible, depressive funk. I knew I was right about the global death toll. There was no confusion. That was... That's something I came up with real early and it has just absolutely proven to be correct all the way through. Um, and I'm hardly the only one. But watching things get worse throughout 2021 and watching the information come up and watching that get buried and having people say in the snootiest way possible over and over again, you know, it's all over. It's so good. Everything's great now. Uh, I, I was reminded of the George Carlin quote that everyone who drives faster than you is a moron. Oh, sorry, everyone who drives slower than you is a moron, and everyone who drives faster than you is an asshole or insane. I forget the exact wording. And that's, you know, true of all of us, I think. I'm other people's chicken little. You're more concerned about COVID than I am? Ah, you're just a little chicken little. Who's that guy? Oh, he's just some crazy anti-vaxxer. Me? I'm the enlightened person in the middle. I have the right view. And I think that that's a pretty natural mindset for most people. I don't mind being on the fringe because look at the rest of you. Look at the rest of you. You want to go to a family reunion, put down your phone, and just make conversation with those people for 15 to 30 minutes and then come back to me and if you still have a question about why do I like being on the fringe and not so normal, that will be my answer. I'll just vaguely gesture to the people you were just talking to. <laughs> so someone like me can be a little bit more provocative and not really mind it because when you say something that people don't like, they call you crazy and they call you stupid. The thing is, people call me those things anyway. People don't like what I have to say, so they call me those things anyway, so I might as well just keep saying them, right? <laughs> but it did hurt, because they weren't saying it about me, because I was silent, so they were just saying it about the arguments, so it wasn't personal. And to watch how this has unfolded in, in country after country, to watch the systems just give up, and say, well, we have no choice. We just got to print that money. We got to keep everything going. It put me in a horrible depression. Because it's not a question of when is it going to end for me. When I see the policies get worse. When I see people talking in past tense about COVID. Which they were doing all throughout last year. Over and over again. As loudly as they could. COVID's over. That makes me just go, okay, well, we're, we're past 25 million, so we're going to hit 50. Uh, and 
if there's no plan to rein it in, then we're going to go past 100. And it just brought me down. It brought me down real, 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 real low. And I wasn't in any way a danger to myself or others, but I was drinking too much. I was spending too much time staring at the ceiling. I wasn't in a good place. And it was because of COVID and because of what's COVID's doing to the world. And sometime last year, I started reading diaries. I started reading anything I could from personal accounts to have a light. We have a very different relationship with death now than in past pandemics, I think, for, for, for good and ill. It's not, a, it's not a purely positive. And so I was just trying to cling to and find anything that I could that would, you know, all, basically most of cognitive behavioral therapy I've gotten was just bullshit on this one because it's all like, it's in your head. You have to stop thinking about No, no, no. Can't stop thinking about it. You have to think about it. You have to plan around it. It is real. It's as bad as I say and worse. So a lot of the techniques that I learned were just futile. <laughs> they had no effect whatsoever. And then I read about Stockwell. And Stockwell is kind of my personal hero right now. Earlier in this update, I talked about how people that I thought were kind of anxious and squirrely and PTSD like myself and others were becoming a little bit lionized. They were, I was watching them, I was feeling it myself, however depressed I was, solidify and get more solid. And I told you about exposure therapy and how it's just been around us all this time, all of this trauma, all of this anxiety. And so if you're swimming in it 24-7, you're forced to be stuck in it. And you evolve. You evolve for you in your situation. And this brings us to Stockwell. Stockwell was a prisoner of war, and he was not the only one. He was taken along with a bunch of his fellow armed service members. Well, he was tortured psychologically and physically, and so were they. And they were tortured for years, the ones who survived. The ones who survived, did they kill them? Not intentionally, I'm sure it did happen, but that's not Stockwell's real, that's not the meat of his account. Stockwell said, while being in prison and tortured, that there were optimists and pessimists. And his view was, optimists got killed. Optimists would say, we'll be out of here by Christmas. The president will be sending messages soon. And then Christmas would come and go. And then they'd say, by the spring. We'll be out of here by the spring. You just got to hold on another couple of months. And then it would be summer. And the optimists would drop. Ah, so you're stuck in a cage all day being tortured, says the intelligent thinking person. Aha, uh -huh, so it's better to be a pessimist. Well, Stockwell doesn't agree with that either. He says the pessimists killed themselves. They had no hope 
They had nothing to give themselves, to nourish themselves, and they just faded away one by one. Optimists got killed, and pessimists killed themselves. So what was Stockwell's advice then, and how did he survive? His opinion is, you acknowledge that the situation is terrible. You say this is the worst it's ever been, and you can say it every single day that you think it's true. Because why is day seven stuck in a bad situation easier than day six? You can say it as long as you really believe it. You have to say that this is a terrible situation. And I will persevere. I will make it through. I will see my wife again. I will get out of here. Well, for everybody trapped in a physical shell, a physical, ah, a physical cell, that's easy. All due respect, as somebody who's been trapped in their own body and not been able to move uh, because of illness, that's easy. It's real easy to be like, well, I'm trapped here, and as soon as this is done, ba-boom, baby. When you're trapped in a situation like this, it's not as uh, linear. It's not as binary. But I still think it's very, 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 very helpful advice, and I am using it. And if you don't use it, so be it. I No skin off my nose. But... I will warn you, I will caution you. The depression that I had last year was for what I see coming. Population declines, uh, supply chain issues, all of it, all of it. Unbelievably higher numbers still, because the numbers now are very high. How could they be so much higher? Ah, uh, but they're gonna. <sighs> I know, I know, I know. It doesn't feel good. The depression I had last year wasn't really what was going on about 2021, though. That was my depression in 2020 right away, when I saw all this shit happening. Uh, the depression I had last year was about, well, this is just really going to keep going. And even before Omicron, I, I was starting to get pretty nervous. Pretty nervous that people were... That people were referencing the Spanish flu over and over again. I gotta say the influenza pandemic of 1918, I should say. That is not the only epidemic. <laughs> and it, it, it took me a while to realize, like, there's a lot of good faith argumentation going on there, but there's also a lot of bad faith players talking about it because it was a pandemic that was cured without any huge concentrated effort, without vaccines, without sacrifice. So it's the perfect role model. Um, but my personal opinion is, whatever happens with the mutations, whatever happens with infections from here, my opinion is this is not going to go the way, not anytime soon, of, oh, this is just something you can live with as a society. My opinion is it's going to be like polio. This isn't going to be malaria. Ah, malaria gets some people. What are you going to do? Say the, say the people outside of malaria-stricken country. What are you going to do? Send nets to every kid? <laughs> um, my, my, my view is that this is going to be a little bit closer to polio. This is going to be something that a society says, no, you, you, <laughs> you pay for it. You pay for it until you get it down on its back, on its, you know, until you beat it down. 
as a society, you keep going after it because otherwise the cost is just too high. It doesn't function. Um, now, I can be proven absolutely wrong by that. Bill Gates, uh, I just happily read for the 20th time, uh, said that the acute phase of the pandemic is about to end. Uh, and so, obviously, this time it'll be correct. Everyone says after this wave, it'll it'll be better. And maybe they're right. What if this is it? And, and the worm turns and everything really gets strong and all the, uh, all the depression and everything that I had, uh, all, all the math I did about populations going back, all of it was nonsense. And the answer is, I'll be okay with it. I really, really well. Because if nothing else, these last three years, because the last year of the Trump administration were really something else. The last two years of the Trump administration were... Really something else <laughs> for somebody who's a news junkie and uh, has now largely moved away from that. I am sorry that I'm talking so much about COVID. I am sorry that I think it's the singular defining issue of our time. I am sorry that I believe that it is going to go forward. And I'm going to, you know, do my best to really cordon that information and those emotional outbursts off in a way that I, I haven't before. You can Hopefully you can hear it now. The depressive episode that I went through, it was very educational. It was very informative. And I do believe that I came out the other side of it better for it. I, once again, hope that I am wrong about my predictions because the numbers are big and the solutions are few and who knows what's going to happen next. But I do believe what I believe and it's not on a hunch. <laughs> um, the difference is, I think now with me and whatever happens going forward, is that I have truly accepted and embraced a mindset of what happens, happens. I'm a single man. I, I don't have kids. I don't have a lot of obligations in this world. My cat likes me more every single day and has for years. I like myself more eh, every once in a while and trending upwards for quite some time now. And these are the things that are important to me. I had to ask myself in my isolation, you know, not making as much money, not doing as much. I really had to focus on what is important to you, not just today, but for the rest of your life. What's really important for you? And my answer is my mental health, my physical health, my autonomy. These are the three things that I care about more than anything else. I know I'm supposed to say some other person or some ideal, but I don't. <laughs> I know. I thought about it a long, long time. And what I really care about is I'm of physical health enough that my back doesn't hurt, uh, that my knees don't hurt, that I can stretch, that I can exercise cardio or, you know, weightlifting or anything else. And I feel fine. I can eat what I want within uh, any kind of reasonable parameter, but I can eat anything again. Just as long as it's not too much, I can eat anything again. And I can eat most things as much as I want. Just straight up Garfield with the lasagna. Ga-ga! Dump it down the gullet. That's physical health. I want to keep it. Mental health. I want to keep improving on it. I want it to get better. And autonomy. That should just be 
I mean, honestly, in 2019, that was already, like, way up on the wish list, I think, for a lot of Americans. A lot of people, obviously. A lot of Americans. Uh, after these last couple of years, how could anybody say, no, no, no. You must want to be part of a system. You must want gainful employ. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I, that, if that chorus is out there, I don't think they're my fan base. <laughs> so, you know, those, those are my decisions on what I really think will be valuable. I know they'll be valuable to me in the coming years. And I think they'll be valuable to me for the rest of my life. May it be a long one. And that's exactly what I'm going to work towards. Um, I will absolutely talk about this subject more, not as an intro. I did feel the need to talk about it here because it did define so much of my 2021 and my 2020. I'm telling you right now, it's not going to define as much as this year because it's just not. I've already been really good about just taking on new projects and clients and, and things along those nature and playing video games and watching TV shows. Resident Alien Season 1. It's a, it's a peach. Uh, and doing more on the server, hosting more movies, listening to more music. I've been doing that for a while now. I wanted to give myself time to come back to decompress and really get my head screwed on straight because these are my priorities now. I've never really, I don't know if I've ever really honed them <laughs> to this degree before, much less expressed them to you. I've done a lot of rambling, so I'm not entirely certain about that one. But I feel very good about what my priorities are in life, how I am furthering them, how... I get to have fun until the day I die because of what I find fun and how I can find new fun things too and have more fun so I can have better health and more fun and more freedom until the day I die. If I just really focus on it, if I just really go for it, at least I can try for it. And I'm not going to get it if I don't try for it. So Stockwell style, things are horrible. PTSD style, things are awful. If you have any kind of anxiety, things have never been more scary. And that is going to continue for a while. And that's okay. It's really not great. I would really prefer it wasn't happening. But it is. And so, I will endure it. I will make it to the other side. I have a mission in the actual acute COVID phase, should this thing really peter out in the near future. That's to get COVID as few times as fucking possible. I totally accept it's endemic. Damn you all. <laughs> Don't do respect. I totally accept that it is going to... Uh, that it is going to evolve in ways that nobody's quite sure about, but it could get gentler. It could just become another coronavirus. But I'm going to play it like every subsequent viral infection you get is worse than the last. That's how I'm playing it, just right now. 
And if the rest of the optimists and panda bears are right, hooray! That's great. That means people who got sick a bunch of times aren't walking wounded. But that's how scary I think the world is right now, that just about anybody at any given time can take away 5 to 10% of your lung capacity, take 1 to 3 of your IQ points away permanently, not coming back, don't care what they fucking say, take your impulse control away. I really do think that's the world we're living in right now, that, that, that those are pretty much optimal outcomes for a lot of people. Uh, and I'm going out and putting on my N95. And I'm back. And ready to entertain. I've got jokes. I've been prepping a lot of entertaining stuff. I've been having a lot of fun trying to play the host on the server. So that's where I've been. And that's where I'm at. I am as burnt out. Well, I guess that's not true. I am burnt out as COVID as well. My edges are a little bit less crispy than most of yours is my guess. <laughs> but I'm also burnt. I guess I'm not burnt out. I'm hot pockety. I'm like a hot pocket. On um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. The rest of you are toast. That's... This is a strange metaphor, but please don't think I'm trying to say I'm better than you. The rest of you are toast. And if you burn toast, the, the edge of that motherfucker is all black and it you know, gets blacker, it gets a little bit lighter on the inside. And if you've ever had to do, you know, uh, toast burn surgery where you butt a knife, stat! And you just scrape the shit off as quick as you can. Don't use, don't use a chef's knife. You'll take too much bread. Uh, you know, that's, that's how the, the burning out of a piece of toast happens. I'm like a, I'm like a hot pocket. Parts of me are super crispy and awful, but the inside is still like, oh, god damn, baby. It's either frozen solid or molten goddamn magma, and there's no in between. I've never actually had a hot pocket. I've heard people refer to hot pockets. I've never actually had one. I'm sorry. Don't judge me. Or actually do, but favorably. <laughs> See? Told you. Got jokes. Uh... Yeah, I, I, I've got reserves on this issue, and I, I, I'll keep reading. I don't think it's doom-scrolling, especially since I'm doing better, because uh, the news sure ain't, and I'm all right with it. So there it is. After I said at the very beginning of this, I don't feel the need to uh, defend myself so much, <laughs> explain myself. Ah, well, you know, you know the old saying, old habits die super easy. Old habits die like 93-year-old anemic men at the top of staircases on hot days. That's what they say about old habits. How easy it is to change them, right? Uh, so, from the bottom of my heart, because if you think that I do better this year, or if you think that I am better, or if you think my voice sounds better, I know I do. I know I think my voice sounds amazing, and I wish that I could do that with a straight fucking face. Because <laughs> I never will. <laughs> if, you, if you think that in any way hibernating was good for me, thank you. If you don't think it was good for me, and you've come back anyway, thank you for giving me another chance. I mean that, sincerely. Um... If you thought I was a giant big baby, I think I might always be in some way. Sorry. I've never been able to do the whole put on a show for people very well. 
I don't think I'm going to be able to start anytime soon. Uh, just, just know that I'm honored for whatever reason you keep coming back and rooting for me. Almost every single message I've gotten in the last two years, almost every last one, we're talking like 99.98%, almost every single message I've gotten over the last two years was so nice. So nice, and I was so angry, and I was so upset. And that's a little bit embarrassing. But instead of being in a shame spiral, because, boy, I'm giving other people allowances for being short these days. <laughs> and if I'm doing it, I think just about everyone is or trying to. Uh, hello, I'm Mickey all of a sudden. Woo! I <laughs> just... I See, I'm very embarrassed. Uh, this part will never change. It's, it's hard to it's hard to say thank you. Gratitude is hard. So everybody who sent a message in, everybody who was patient with me, everybody who sent me financial support, all of it. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. If you if you bought me beer or if you said please come back in a <laughs> not totally begging exploitative way, then all I can say is thank you. Really, I'm back because you asked me to come back. I would have come back anyway. But not like this, I don't think. So, that's it. There's not going to be any big declarations for the project or anything going forward. Uh, there's going to be pieces. They're going to come out weekly. That's here. Uh, Patreon. We're going to continue to throw that stuff up on there. Everything is still written by me, performed by me, 100%. Uh, I've got other things going on in my life that aren't Grey Knight related, but are very satisfying projects that don't involve food. There's nothing really to say about them. They pass the time. And if ever I have something, I'll throw it at you. Uh, 2021 is the year that I tried to become a writer again because I, I, I didn't have anything else to do. And so I started to try and write away my pain and my anger with this system. And there has been some limited success with that. But as the anger and pain dissipated, the loneliness just grew. So one last time, from the bottom of my heart, no cutesiness, thank you, thank you, thank you. I don't know what my life would look like without you, but I know it wouldn't be better. There's no version of me that's better if I hadn't have taken this trip these last years with you. And I'm sorry that I just didn't feel in me to pull my weight. But I do now. And I'm here to entertain you. And I'm here to comfort you. And I'm here to take your requests. And I legitimately, as I see it, view it as my part to either help you through this next period, which might not be so good, or this next period, which is going to be a lot better, but you're still going to need some tenderness and healing. It's Pete, as, as, as a non-professional mental expert, allow me to assure you, I have lived more with PTSD than just about anyone you could meet. <laughs> I got it real early. We don't need to talk about how early right now. And it's only really been dissipating lately, and I've never been married. I don't have any kids. Yada, yada, yada. So I spent a lot of time with this demon. The P is very important in the PTSD because a lot of people, 
a large percentage of people are capable of making it through trauma. And then, as soon as that adrenaline and those endorphins start wearing off because they're no longer in a traumatic experience, who does it catch up with them? And if that's something that you're afraid of for yourself or somebody else, totally reasonable. Fear is not as bad of a word as Americans make it out. It's totally okay to be afraid of that. Just don't be petrified. Just don't let it rule you. Because I see it too. So, as I see it, one of two things. I'm either here to comfort you during, or I'm here to comfort you after. And either way, I'm feeling real up to it. I'm feeling really well and up to it. And that's why we're back. So, thank you, thank you, thank you. And, I guess, before I fall into yet another recursive loop, uh, I should go ahead and just say, let's get started with the show. I mean, it has been long enough, hasn't it? You did miss me, didn't you? Well, you can prove it. You can start sending some questions in so I can start answering them next week. That'd be nice. There's also the server that I mentioned. That would be the Ladies of the Night, Grey Knight server. Uh, It's a great place. I'm there. I'm very, very active these days. You can send a DM to me anytime. Don't worry about the red. I just have to keep it on. Otherwise, the beeps will slowly drive me insane. Uh, I'm doing a lot better with DMs on any platform. And, oh, sorry. I'm still not good at plugging. I don't know if I'll ever be good at this. The ladies of the night server, if you'd like to find out more, just go ahead on to my Twitter. At Real Grey Knight. That's at R-E-A-L-G-R-E-Y-K-N-I-G-H-T. And then the server is the top pinned post, I believe. If you want to come in and say hi, it's, uh, again, a really great place. And, uh, you know, drop by. Say hi. I'll say hi right back. I'll give you a little online smooch. (laughs) Yeah? Okay. Yes? I think that's everything. I even plugged, and I didn't even get all ashamed. I did a silly voice, but nah, no, no, no. Okay, Sockwell Paradox. Mm-hmm. Don't even need to say that word again after I said it all those times. Okay. Oh, uh, one last thing, and I hope it's not too dark after everything I said. I'm totally dead serious about me being able to retire one day, and that being pretty cool, because the number of fucking men who have fallen over dead... Yeah, I'm talking 40 through 64-year-old men who have fallen the fuck over dead uh, in just the last 12 months in, in America especially. is pretty high. So, you know, that's going to be pretty interesting to see where that one goes. Um, I make the joke because there is absolutely no doubt, no doubt in my mind whatsoever, uh, that COVID infections 100% cause erectile dysfunction. I mean, not every time, but... COVID infections do cause that. That's absolutely... I'm sorry, so 100% is confusing. But COVID infections absolutely cause that sometimes. There's no way you're messing with all that lung capacity. There's no way you're messing with all those fatty cells all over the body. It's not happening. So now my joke is, if I don't get COVID as much as all the other men, I will be the last man standing literally and figuratively. That's pretty good news, huh? Huh? Eh? All right. Didn't get to use it in high school. Get to use it all the uh, all the time. The second half of your life. Good trade. Wouldn't have taken it in high school. Didn't have a choice. <laughs> Boy, you could do that with Jerry Seinfeld's voice, and it kind of works. That is my introduction. It is 2022. We have a piece coming up next. In fact, if you've made it all the way 
through all of this or if you've just skipped right here because Ali's so good about time codes. Either way, this piece will need very little introduction in theme. It is, in fact, about everything that's going on in the world right now without being too heavy, I surely hope. It's called, But Who Will Take Care of You? Haze. Mm-mm. Mm. No, I... No, I wasn't. Uh-oh. Oh, it's not. Maybe for a second. Mm. Come here. Let me get my hands around you. Rough night, huh? It's been a while since you didn't want me to touch you. I'm sorry. No, no, I didn't do anything, but I'm still sorry. <laughs> well, you're in a mood, aren't you? I am sorry for whatever you're going through. No. No, I do not. No. No, I don't. I don't know what you're going through, not really. But I don't think I need to, not on a personal level. Well, your attitude would be considered a little aggressive, I think. Because we both know you're not mad at me. Well, yeah, that probably didn't help very much, did it? <laughs> I don't like being told when I'm mad either. Truth of the matter is, you know, it's okay. I mean that. It's not okay every night. And it's not okay in the long run. But it is okay to be in a bad mood after a bad day. Yeah, I know. It's been a lot of them. It's been a lot of rough days, and you're just doing your best to get through them. I know, and that's okay. Some days, I feel like I'm just treading water, and some days I feel like I'm getting ahead. And at the end of either day, I wonder if I made the right choices all the same. I have a feeling that that's not where you're at right now. I have a feeling that you're questioning choices that you made a long time ago. And I have a feeling that you're doing that because of where you are right now. And how that's a little bit difficult. So... If at the end of a bad day or a bad week, you're not <laughs> magazine cover girl, girlfriend of the year, I don't care. I don't care. Look at you. You, you. you look like I hit you there. You look so sad. But it's the truth. I care about you. And 
Believe it or not, I've gotten kind of used to you these last few years. I kind of know what I'm in store for. But um, I didn't do any of that for you. I didn't. I didn't say any of it for you. I didn't offer any of it for you. I want to touch you after you come home, even if you've had a rough day. I want to bring you right onto my lap sometimes. And I did today, even though I knew you were an entire bucket of fuss. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, if fuss bucket is too much, just imagine what other guys are calling their girlfriends in this kind of scenario. Hmm? Uh-huh. That's right. Grass is always greener, huh? You take care of them. And your bosses, frankly, take advantage of you for it. You take what they give you, and you give over and over again, all day. But who takes care of you? Hmm? You grab a shower after work? Did it help? Even a little, maybe even just a little bit, did it help? Hmm. Come here, then. No! I'm going to rub your feet. Mm-hmm. You're going to put them right on my thighs. You're going to dig those heels in. I'm going to rub your feet. You know why? Because you showered after work. Aren't we off to a great start? I haven't even started just touching you yet, and you're already throwing kicks. Is this what it's going to be like? Hmm? I think I'd go back to the yelling. These are my big, strong thumbs that you are irritated when you find playing video games, and you are happy when you find doing chores. And I don't blame you, because I do many more video games than chores. But look, look at that dexterity. The manual ability this man has, the strength, the agility, all in two gamer thumbs as they slide up and down the heel of your foot, as they rub you in the tender underside, as we pinch around the tendon, as we push into the flesh just a little to give it release. There. And there. And there. Mm-hmm. Right there. Well, aren't you a good girl? Oh, you can pretend you hate it all you want. I know what you like. You can act like a difficult customer, but I know exactly what you like. Mm-hmm. And after we give it to you for your little barking dogs here. I'm going to massage you all the fuck over. You hear me? 
gonna dig my fingers into you and I'm gonna touch you up and down. You hear? Mm-hmm. Wow. You're really in kind of a rough place, huh? Well, you don't even want a massage all over. Just on your feet? You poor fucking thing. <laughs> well, I give really good massages. These are actually excellent hands. Me okay? Deep down? It's okay not to know. It's okay not to know. It's okay not to have any answers. And I know that going back into it all, it just, it's awful. But you're strong. But you're capable. But you're beautiful. I know that last one doesn't count quite as much as the first two, but you are. I think you are. I want you to think you are. I really admire you. And I enjoy you. And I wish it wasn't going like this. And I will be here with you one way or another until it's not, okay? And I will be patient, and I'll wait. And you know why? Because you have been great to me. You really have. It's hard to say. You have been patient with me, and giving, and supportive, and encouraging so I am going to be with you. I'm going to be with you. No, unless you don't want me to. <laughs> Look at what a mess you are. Don't you start crying on me now. Too late, she says. Do you know what kind of woman turns down a foot rub to push her sobbing head against his chest? A wonderful one. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I guess you were pretty close to spilling all that, huh? It's like a water balloon right before impact. It looks so sturdy. It's okay. Big arms around you, holding you nice and close. You are a sweet, wonderful, amazing woman. I am so lucky that I get to see you as a sobbing mess. Mm-mm. See, with your ugly crying, you're going to lose so much power over me. The more that you do it, the more that you show it. And then we'll finally move towards equals. On my brief stint past you to become master of this and every household. My ultimate goal. 
No? Well, maybe you don't know me as well as you think. I'm just trying to take the pressure off you as you cry, as you look away, as you tend to your soul-in, soul-in, swollen eyelids. I'm just trying. And <laughs> I admit I might not be doing the best job ever. It's just, well, I don't know what else to do besides be here with you and be here for you. And if that means being quiet or in another room or you need me to clear out for a night or you need me to make you dinner, I don't know. Do it. This is kind of new for me. Not only have I not seen you like this before, but, you know, this is not, this is not my natural state either. I am making a real, a real effort to communicate with you, to offer you things and to back them up. <laughs> You know, my communication style with exes has always been so bad. And one of the reasons why I'm enjoying this so much is because we were friends first. So we got to skip around with that. But like, in my early to mid-twenties, I pretty much only changed something in a relationship if my girlfriend was yelling at me. And it didn't matter which girlfriend it was. That was just a rubric that I had for a relationship. Who knows how? Who knows how I came up with that one? And if I could take it back, I would. But I am grateful that I didn't behave that way with you. Yet, give it time. Practice makes perfect. No. No. I do mean it. You have let me see sides of you that I haven't seen before. And you are helping me find parts of me that I didn't know were there. I know it's not exactly super romantic that it's supposed to be a movie poster, that you're supposed to inspire me. Climb Everest, or run for president, or get addicted to drugs and then clean. I don't know. But you inspire me to scrub the dishes in such a way that you don't huff when you see them. In case you think I didn't hear that. You inspire me to dress nice. Well, nicer. I want to look good for you when we're out. I want your friends to think he looks good. I want their approval because I want yours. And I don't know if you know this. I can be a little self-centered and a little weird. So to recognize this and to want to, to want to better myself, to want to 
push myself and become something more for you, even though it's not some great upgrade, it's because of you, who you've shown yourself to be, who you are. And who you are is fucking amazing. And who you are is real, real, real good to me. fucking wet for me. I didn't expect that. Mm. 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 Were you grabbing my finger with your pussy? <laughs> oh my god. Mm. When we don't touch each other, feeling too down or busy, I wait for you, I don't even want to come without you on my own, but the moment you turn it back on, the moment I know there's a chance, I want you all over again, I want you like the first fucking time. as I spread your pussy open with my second finger. Mm -hmm. oh. Nice and slow. Nice and slow. those two fingers in, nice and easy, give your clit a little kiss as I do, just lay back and enjoy it, no pressure, no pressure, real easy fingers in and out.
pretty sweet when you come. Hmm. Five bucks says you weren't expecting that when you got home. Slap your hands away again. As soon as you're ready for it. And I mean as soon as you're actually ready for it. I'm going to grab you by your hair. I'm going to spin you around. And I'm going to fuck you from behind. I'm going to put my hands right on your hips. I'm going to slide my dick up and down in between your lips. And then I'm going to push into you. I'm going to grab your ass, 
both hands right before I come and squeeze as hard as I like as I push into you. I'm going to have my way with you over and over again, and you are only buying time between now and then. But not just this second, okay? Because what we just did wasn't carnal. It was very fun. Hopefully for you, at least. No, I enjoyed it. But I wanted you to feel good. And it's okay for you to. And I meant what I said. And it's alright to focus on you. You give. You give everything you have some days, and frankly, I think you give more than that. Well, not all the time, but look at how you're coming home sometimes. You are crispy. I don't know if you're burnt, but you're not as soft as you were, and that's not a criticism. So, this is me saying that I'm trying to see you. I'm never going to understand it. I don't have the credentials. I don't have the lanyard. I don't have the experience. I can only imagine what you're going through. But when you're hurting, I ache. <laughs> wow, I'm supposed to say hurt? What? We're both supposed to hurt just because you are? That's selfish. No, nobody asked you to. When I'm hurting, you don't have to hurt. Well, stop. No, turn it off. Like a light switch. That's how it works, right? Emotions? No? Oh, this explains a lot about my trouble with women early on. Huh. You know, you almost really, really laugh there instead of just giving a little one. That's, um, that's a sign. And it's, um, it's a really good one, I think. So no pouting. And one day, you might just look back on this memory when you're about to go and have a long, hard day and think, isn't it nice that somebody cares about me that way? Isn't it nice that someone tells me to keep hanging on even when it feels so bad. And you know how I know? Because you were that person for me. And here's hoping you will be again. Uh-uh. Hmm. I'm not going to kiss you. That's dirty after where my mouth just was. <gasps> All right, just one. But I mean it. The important thing is you. Everything else. It's just details to me. <laughs>